Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we take a deep dive into biblical topics in a way that's easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the 49-week challenge reading plan. We also have physical reading plans available in the lobby every Sunday. Yeah, and don't forget if you have any questions along the way, as you're listening to us or you're reading along with us, feel free to send those questions in. We'd love to take some time. Uh, just a process through and answer those questions for you. So feel free to send them. You can send them in two ways. One is email at info. You can just email info at grove.church uh, or you can direct message our Facebook page. We are the Grove Church in Washington State. Uh, Marysville is the place we reside. So feel free to send us those uh, via Facebook, via DM. All right. So we are talking today about the book of Zechariah. Yes. So if you don't know this and you're, or you should know because you're reading along the plan with us, we are actually out of New Testament books. We discussed Revelation weeks ago. Uh, and yep. so we're taking some Old Testament books and some characters. And as we're wrapping up this reading plan pretty quickly, uh, so I'm excited to, oh, I just hit the mic. Uh, I'm excited to take time to work through Zechariah. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. So this week we are using, um, as always, the ESV study Bible, Logos Bible software, and then the essence of the Old Testament, a survey by Ed Hinson and Gary Yates. So it just made me realize we're not going to have Gutierrez anymore on our podcast. No more, not until next year. Sorry, man. Mr. Gutierrez. Bummer. And who's the other Elmer Towns? That's 20, the other guy. 2021, you're coming back. Are you going to come back? Uh, but yeah, so we're going to talk about Zechariah. Before we jump into that, though, uh, we just want to ask everyone to leave us a review. Um, it just helps to get the podcast out there to more people, grow this community of people reading the Bible together. Um, and also, it's just, it's just helpful for us to hear your comments and your feedback yeah. about uh, how we're doing. We want to continue to get better, so feel free to send them our way. If you got a criticism, those don't do good for algorithms, so email us that. So, leave, not because we want to have the leave best. a five star. We're just, we're just and thinking, then, yeah, we're just thinking and then tear us apart. Algorithms. We're just thinking, how do we, you know, continue continue to get the podcast out there? Uh, because we just like to be able to talk about the Bible and continue to grow the community of people who like to be a part of it. So there you be. All right. So Zechariah was a prophet during the post-exilic period, um, and his ministry was primarily during the first return of the Jews to Jerusalem. Um, it's funny because we uh, we have a fall discipleship, uh, dude. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> so like literally. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing zoom fall discipleship and Evan and, uh, our, our worship pastor Hunter, uh, co-lead a zoom discipleship group about the old Testament. Um, so that's and, what he's referring to. Yep. And then this week we just talked through the post-exilic period. So it's kind of funny cause it's all just fresh in the mind, but, um, so in the Bible after, so, you know, remember in, at the end of Kings and Chronicles, Judah is conquered. They go into exile into Babylon along with uh, a lot of the Israelites. So both kingdoms going in, uh, the Babylon is eventually conquered by Persia. And then the Persian Kings are a little bit more lenient and they allow the Jews to go back to Jerusalem. So in the Bible, we have three major migrations that we hear about of the Jews from exile into mm -hmm. Jerusalem. Um, there was obviously more than just that. Those are just the three that we have recorded and they're kind of the three most important ones. Um, the first one is led by Zerubbabel, which is a great name. Uh, yeah. If and you're that's, having a kid and you have a boy, Zerubbabel is a fun name. You can call him Z for short. There you go. Uh, and Zerubbabel is who we're going to be talking about a lot today because he is the leader of Israel during the ministry of Zechariah. Um, then there's also Ezra and Nehemiah. So Zerubbabel is the first half of Ezra. And then Ezra himself is the second half. And then Nehemiah is all of the book of Nehemiah. So there you go. Uh, and then, yeah, it's during this first return that the temple is rebuilt. So Zechariah uh, is ministering. And what's, what's kind of interesting is Haggai or Haggai, however you want to pronounce it, um, and Zechariah go together. Um, so, I, and mm -hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know this, but we have it down to the, the month that Zechariah's ministry starts. And it's two months after uh, Haggai's ministry. So... Um, look at that. Yeah, there you go. So Haggai is his whole thing is 
encouraging the people to rebuild the temple. So apparently there's kind of a lapse in building. They're kind of taking a break and he's saying like, no, you need to finish this, go forward. That's his prophetic word. Um, and then Zechariah's word is more about kind of just the gen- generic is the wrong word to put, but it's the call to repentance that so many of the prophets have. And then there's also, um, and it's funny cause I wasn't, I was aware of it cause I've read the book before, but you just, you know, you just forget things. Um, how much messianic prophecy is also in Zechariah. So we're going to be talking about that uh, today as well. But similar to the way that Ezra and Nehemiah are together and one of them is concerned with the temple and the other one's concerned with kind of just like the people, um, that's kind of the same thing with uh, Haggai and Zechariah. So with all of that, uh, we're just going to read the first six verses of Zechariah because that's kind of the introduction, his call to repentance. And then after that, uh, we're going to get into kind of the the weird, weird part of Zechariah with, uh, there's a lot of visions. So, uh, but it starts off like this. In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of uh, Berechiah, son of Ido, saying, the Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, thus declares the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. In case you missed it, this the is Lord the Lord of hosts, of hosts talking. Uh, Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets cried out, thus says the Lord of hosts, return from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Not, of, not hosts. of hosts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, like uh, my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, as the Lord of hosts uh, proposed to deal with us for our ways and our deeds, so he has dealt with us. All right. So we have that opening phrase Sweet. or opening lines. Zechariah calls the people to repentance. <coughs> they obey. And then we get into... Repentance to the Lord of hosts. Don't forget. Correct. That. Yeah. And Thank the, you, ESB, for that. <laughs> I didn't... Yeah. It's funny when you just like... There's so many different ways. And you, you also... I mean, total aside here, but you do see the different ways that different authors uh, speak, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting yeah. because... Um, yeah, you, you see all of the different authors in the Bible, the ways that they refer to God, the different names that they're using, stuff like that. So it is kind of it is kind of interesting that Zechariah uses Lord of Hosts so often. But there you go. Okay, the next sec- section of the book, and this is a really this is a long section. Um, it details eight visions that Zechariah has. So we're going to go through all eight. Um, we're not going to read scripture for all of them because it, it would take forever. Yeah, right. But uh, just to kind of sum them up a little bit, the first one is a vision of four horsemen, which is pretty sweet. Uh, and then one of them is the angel of the Lord. Usually when you see um, one angel specified as like, this is the angel of the Lord. Um, I tend to think that that's Christ. So it's not always true. Um, and I, you know, and it's one of those things like we say is open-handed, but I think a lot of the times that that's, that's kind of what's happening there. So anyway, just for, just for fun facts there. Uh, and then they ride around the earth. They declare that there is peace um, and that Jerusalem will be shown mercy. So, and again, remember like at, at this point, the, the Jews are just now coming back to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly sure what's going to happen. The last words that God really spoke in Jerusalem was about how it was going to be destroyed. So it is significant that yeah. uh, God is now giving a message of mercy here. Um, next, you have the four horns that are said to represent the nations that conquered Israel and Judah. Um, and God promises to judge those nations. Um, so the four horns, there's two different ways you can interpret it. You could say it's Egypt, Assyria, Babylon and Persia, or you could say that they're the four corners of the compass. It's like North, all the kingdoms from North, South, East, West. doesn't super matter whichever way you go with it, but yeah, it's the nations. Uh, God is going to judge them. 
this one's interesting. The next vision is a of a man with a measuring rod for building walls. Um, the man is then told that wall that this was not needed because God will protect Jerusalem. Um, which I say is interesting because in Nehemiah, the whole point of it is that he's yeah. building walls. Yeah. And he's mobilizing people and measuring out sections and saying, you build this to this and this and this. Yeah. Right. So I would say that there it's interesting. a, it's a figurative or a hyperbolic um, way of saying it, but basically it's God promising. Um, he's not explicitly commanding the people like, don't ever build walls. What he's saying is I'm going to protect you. Yeah. I will be your wall. Um, so you have that whole thing. Uh, the next one is, and this one is really interesting. We're actually going to read it. It's a vision of the current high priest, uh, whose name is Joshua. Uh, and this, I think, is just really interesting because it kind of it kind of parallels Isaiah six. Um, so that's why. Hmm. I, anyway, we'll just read it and we'll see how the how those two passages parallel. So uh, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, "The Lord rebuke you, O Satan." The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a branch plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with many garments. Filthy garments. Filthy garments. Thank you. Uh, and the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you in pure vestments. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by and the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua. Thus said the Lord of, says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, for they are men who are assigned, for they are men who are assigned. Behold, I will bring my servant the branch. For behold, on the stone that I have set before Joshua, on a single stone with seven eyes, I will engrave its inscription, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to come under his vine and under his fig tree. So there you go. Um, and, and the reason I say it parallels Isaiah six is you have this picture of a servant of a servant of the Lord standing before God and, and essentially God declaring that he has taken away his guilt and his iniquities. So it's not saying that Joshua is perfect. Um, and in fact, it, it really is hinting that Joshua may not have been perfect, yeah. but it's saying I've set you aside from this ministry. Now go in confidence in this ministry. I called you to. So there you go. Joshua is yeah. the high priest at this point. That's interesting for sure. <clears throat> Our next uh, vision is one of two olive trees and a lampstand with seven lamps. Um, this is probably the menorah, which is kind of, you know, Hanukkah. What? So that Just whole kidding. thing, uh, you know, Hanukkah's coming up. So we've got a reference here. Um, and then a reference to God's presence in the temple um, with the two olive trees representing Zerubbabel and Joshua, basically saying like they are the ones um, through their faithful leadership that will mm -hmm. um, allow that to happen. Uh, next up, we've got this one's I think like one of the more interesting ones, but it's a massive flying scroll um, containing the curse of God against those who have broken his commandments. Like so a flying carpet. Yep. So basically like a mat. when I say massive scroll, I mean, it's like, I forgot, I didn't take down the exact measurements, but it's like 30 feet by 40 feet or something like that. So it's like, it's, it's flying through the air. Um, Zechariah is seeing this. Um, and then finally he, there's a vision where Joshua is proclaimed ruler over the people with Zerubbabel. So there's a crown that's put on Joshua's head is what he's seeing in the vision. 
Um, and this is interesting because God is clearly saying that Zerubbabel is the leader of the people, um, but he's also appointing Joshua to lead the people as well. Mm-hmm. And what you see is this interesting combination of um, <clears throat> the roles of priest and king. And this is a foreshadowing yeah. to, uh, you know, who else do we know that combines the roles of priest and king? So, um, Jesus. yeah, we're seeing this in the, and fittingly that it's Joshua because again, Yeshua is the, uh, the Hebrew version of Jesus' name. Yep. So those, those two names are very much connected. All righty. So those are the eight visions of Zechariah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. It's def- it's definitely like the hardest part of the book to read because yeah. like, thankfully most of the things like Zechariah gives the interpretation with the vision. So it's not like anything crazy, crazy, but yeah, which is almost a little different than most prophetic books. Most prophetic books just say, here's this and it's either punishment or it's unexplained. Exactly. So, thank you, Zechariah. Well, I think what's helpful too is like with so many of those prophecies, at the time of them being written, they haven't been fulfilled. So God's kind of leaving them open to be fulfilled. Whereas all of these are, um, they're all visions that are being fulfilled in the moment. So anywho, uh, in the next section, it's just kind of like this interesting aside before we get into the rest of the the prophetic parts of the book. But Zechariah delivers a message um, in response to the people asking if they should continue to fast and pray for the fall of Jerusalem. So basically there's been this tradition uh, ever since the fall of Jerusalem that the people of Israel are fasting, they're praying, and they're mourning essentially mm-hmm. the fall of their city. So now that they're back from exile um, and the temple is rebuilt and the city is being be- rebuilt, do they still need to continue mourning? Uh, and this is where we get um, essentially the thing that happens in all of the other prophetic books where God is saying like, hey, it's not just about going through the motions of you know, fasting and praying and sacrificing at the temple. <clears throat> what I want is something deeper. Um, so it says in Zechariah 7, 8 through 14, uh, and the word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the fatherless, the, sh- the sojourner or the poor, and let none of you desire evil against another in your heart. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder that and stopped their ears that they might not hear. They made their hearts diamond hard lest they should hear the law and the words of the of the lord of hosts sent by his spirit through former prophets therefore <clears throat> great anger came from the lord of hosts as i called they would not hear so they called and i would not hear says the lord of hosts and i scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations that they that they had not known and thus the land they left was desolate so that no one went to and fro and pleasant the land was made desolate so essentially he's calling them to not be like their fathers mm-hmm. when he says, you know, I, I, I told your forefathers time and time again to do this, but they hardened their hearts. They refused to pay attention, all these different things. And, he, and essentially the Lord is saying, don't be like them. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, it reminds me a little bit of the, uh, the generation gap and the people that entered the promised land about how there was the generation that was stubborn and wouldn't listen. And so God just kind of let them all die off for this new generation to come and inhabit the land. Um, and you kind of see a, a parallel of that happening here, where there's this generation that God allows to go into exile, so they all die off, and then this new generation comes back. So, don't be like them. <clears throat> exactly, don't be like the people I let die. Um, and then finally, in the final chapters of Zechariah, uh, they're concerned with the coming Messiah. So this is where we get some really cool sections. Um, we get this idea that the branch would sprout, which which sprouts from the Davidic line of kings. Um, and so that branch would be Jesus. Mm-hmm. Also, interestingly, Zerubbabel is a, um, a descendant of David. 
So, and I believe he's actually the one who would have been in line to be king. Um, but I don't it, know. I don't. I, I'd have to look that up specifically. But he is for sure like in that line of um, of the kings of David. So that's kind of Zerubbabel's claim to fame a little bit there. Um, and then eventually, and yeah. And his name is just killer. <laughs> um, but we know that David, or that, not David, we know that Jesus comes from the line of David as well. Um, mm-hmm. The king priest we already talked about, but this idea that uh, Jesus would be both the king and the priest or the Messiah, <coughs> the lowly one who enters Jerusalem on a donkey. It's really interesting that that is specifically said that that's what yeah. would happen. Because that happened with Jesus. Yep. Uh, the one who's betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. So there's a mm, section. I've heard where that you, somewhere before. Yep. There's a section where you see he counts out my wages and it came to 30 pieces of silver and I threw it into the field. Um, he is pierced um, specifically. We're, we know in hindsight, it's crucifixion. I don't think it specifies crucifixion there, but saying he is the one who is pierced. Um, he is the good shepherd who is smitten. Uh, and by that, we don't mean falling in love, but we mean Aww. he has been smote. Oh, so uh, bummer. Yeah. <clears throat> Kill. Uh, he's the one who opens a fountain of cleaning for the house of David, which basically means like, you know, you, you get this idea of the temple being cleared out, the Holy of Holies being split, all these things. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it's talking yeah. about. Um, and then this one, I think is really important. He's the one who is Yahweh himself. So, yeah. and this is where, um, this is where it's really important to keep in mind the, the messianic prophecies, because it's not just saying that Jesus is a prophet who's going to rise up or he's a man that's going to rise up, but, and you see it time and time again, it just kind of gets ignored that yeah. it's clearly God who is the one that's talking. Yeah, very true. Um, and then we see he's the God who defends Jerusalem and then the king who rules in Jerusalem forever. So these are the notes that we get about the coming Messiah. Yeah. And they're pretty and they're pretty remarkable. They're pretty important too to recognize that because um that's part of the that's whole that's part of the whole reason why we stand here today talking about the Bible, talking about scripture, talking about Christ is is the words that were uttered, the prophetic words that were uttered that had to be fulfilled for the Messiah to be who, you know, who God intended to be. And so um, these are pretty, and I actually agree with you, man. I forgot that these were in Zechariah. So um, <laughs> it's just like, one oh, of those that's things. Right. There's so much to Zechariah. So. All righty. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Let's Read the Bible. A little bit shorter than the episodes that we normally do, but uh, you know, it's been a long week. So we're going to, we're going to take it easy. What? It's been a long week. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, but we are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only podcast of the Grove Church. Just a reminder, you can find all of our other resources and our podcasts on our website at grove.church. Have a great day.